0: Countries that don't exist anymore, they used to exist but not anymore. Now you know what this podcast is for, it's countries that don't exist anymore.
1: Interregnum. Hello and welcome to Interregnum. Uh, This is our informal kick-around show uh, in between series 3 and 4 of Countries That Don't Exist Anymore. And this is where we talk about things that we can't always cover on countries that don't exist anymore, but are related to countries that don't exist anymore. Um, so today we've got a special guest. Usually we all have a friend of the podcast. This time we've just got a friend because it's way more informal. So yeah, joining us is uh, Mr. Ben Wiggins. Welcome, Ben. Yeah. Hi, guys. All right. Thank you very much. Ben. We are, uh, we have you on the podcast, uh, partly because it's always a pledge, but also because we want to talk about the subject of what is citizenship. Now, you are a citizen of what, one country, is it, Ben?
2: Yep. Just a mono.
1: Just a mono, just a yep. mono, mono country. Uh, and that's uh, Britain, I imagine, unless Correct. you're If any listener
0: it. wants to write in and say that Britain isn't a country, it's a ge- geographical formation, bugger yep.
1: off. Yeah, and how are you feeling about your British citizenship, Ben?
2: I would, I would assume, like you, it's, a, it's at an all-time low. Being British, it's yeah. kind of a badge of shame internationally at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it really is.
1: Yeah, our stock has definitely fallen. Um, mm. And I think, I mean, if if there were a country, living or dead, that you could sort of maybe choose to be a citizen of, in instead, what what would spring to mind?
2: Well, I think right now. Wouldn't be Ukrainian, wouldn't be Russian, not American. There's not really many places out of the countries that exist around. Was it 177 of them? Something at the moment, like that. something like, like that. that. I think there's very few. Even like a few weeks ago, if you'd have been like Tonga, you'd have been a bit of a poor choice. But uh, no, I think being British is a, is is used to be quite
1: a nice thing, and now it seems a bit more like a badge of shame. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it's you can't really choose who you share your island with. Maybe. That said, if you did vote for Brexit, um, please support the podcast uh, <laughs> via Patreon using uh, your shamefully begotten funds. I- I yeah, assume. exactly. If you support countries <laughs> that don't exist anymore, it's a tax write-off, apparently. So yeah, uh, exactly. you can, a- you can <laughs> yeah. actually you can claim that we're like a, 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 an estranged spouse. Indeed. And, uh, and after
0: yeah. all, Britain, well, the United Kingdom will probably be featuring on an episode before long. So exactly. support us, Brexiteers. Woo!
1: I always have that sort of mistake where I think, oh, do you know what? I think I'd rather be Canadian. And now it's because it's like a tiny bit cold outside. I'm like, maybe not because it's, it's <laughs> just, you know, it's all fun and games in the summer. So some liberal dream. And then in the winter, it's just yeah. like this is the, this is the fucking North Pole. What are we yeah. living here for? Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, And obviously, don't forget to listen to our last episode on the North Pole. Yes, Um, where we discussed
0: whether the North Pole was a country that exists anymore, or then, or at all.
1: Spoilers, no. Citizenship is like a huge subject. And, um, you know, there's like a whole UN slash uh, European schoolchildren who have citizenship societies and all that stuff. So I don't think we could try and cover it, the history of citizenship, in a sort of pithy way. But I'm going to give it a go anyway. So here's a definition of citizenship. Citizenship is a relationship between an individual and a state to which the individual owes allegiance and in turn is entitled to protection, uh, which does sound like the mafia. And then the other uh, definition is each state determines the conditions under which it will recognise people as its citizens and the conditions under which that status will be withdrawn. Mm. Um, Definitely the mafia, isn't it? Um, sounding
0: increasingly like a protection I know. racket.
1: It does sound like a protection racket. Uh, although, that said, if you go on the website youthcitizens.org, they say... Sit-inship. It's definitely not a protection racket. That's exactly what they say.
0: <laughs> this they is s- not a
1: pyramid scheme. Yeah, they say citizenship involves people working together to make positive difference to society in which they live locally, nationally and globally. Which is like a form of Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> How long do you think that citizenship has been around?
0: I would say it goes back to the ancient Greeks. I was going to say cheeky Greekies. That was my, Greekies. my gander.
1: You are, you are probably not wrong. There are some people who say it goes back to the ancient Israelites. So even older. Um, because mm. they had a identity based on language, culture and one god. And also the fact that they were... waking up
2: in the morning wanting some breakfast.
1: Yes. (laughs) That's true. That's when you're just starting to just clutch at straws for why we're all the same. But yeah, uh, uh, apparently it was reinforced uh, because Jews had to keep moving around historically. But on the other hand, you can't really have a state. But I think you're right uh, to say it comes from the Greeks... Uh, so they, they invented the idea of the polis, uh, which we invented in our episode on. Uh, sorry, we covered in our episode on Sparta, mm. because before the Greeks, people had a tribal identity, but the Greeks were the first through the polis to have like a non-kin kinship bond uh, between a person and the state. Um, but it didn't stretch to people being equal before the law. In fact, Greek citizenship was built on being unequal before the law so male citizens um, they had all the privileges and all the good stuff whereas women barbarians and slaves could you know fuck off but that's what it was based on spartan citizenship was based on the citizen soldier whereas athenians at that time went for a kind of democratic citizenry Uh, didn't really last very long but then guess who guess who i'm going to talk about next phil the romans the Romans. We got to, this is uh, countries don't exist anymore. Everybody loves the Romans. Got to talk about the Romans. Um, so they citizenship worked for them because they used it to legitimise their rule over far flung people. Um, what you do is How you convenient. go. Convenient. Yeah, I know. You go into a place. You'd invade them. Then mm. you'd sort of control them. Then you'd make them citizens. So then you could say, "Well, we have to rule over them because they're citizens." Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you the gonna perfect do? Perfect system. Yeah. What it would be. Unfortunately, this was like weird propaganda, but it was so mm. successful that barbarians decided to take them literally and storm through the Roman defences just to get some citizenship. Um, so that kind of <laughs> kind of kind of backfired on them. So 17th century England, that's where our modern citizenship started off. Um, Everyone was banging on about the Magna Carta and -hmm. they created the Bill of Rights in 1689. Unfortunately, uh, American colonists took all that chat way too literally, it was banter, and decided that Britain was not holding up to its end of the citizenship bargain It was locker room banter. Exactly. And they were like, but we're not represented in Parliament, so we better have a revolution about it, which is completely taking me out of context, I have to say. Absolutely. Um, And then the French decided that their citizenship was based on not being uh, slaves to a bunch of toffs and a king. So they literally guillotined those toffs and a king. So in the USA citizenship is a bundle of rights which includes being able to get assistance from the federal government
0: and a big gun
1: and a big gun yeah you got to have a gun it's not not mm-hmm. point any assistance uh, except for uh, libertarians who don't think it's any of that stuff it's just sort of nothing But anyway, in today's modern world, what we live in, citizenship is used as the only unifying factor in nations that are often, you know, multi-ethnic, multicultural, and crammed to the rafters with people who want to kick the shit out of each other. So as I said, there's way more to citizenship than that. But, you know, you get the idea. I think what we wanted to do is to find a country that you could be a citizen of right now. You could sign up for it, maybe online, maybe not. That was what I asked the guys to look at, Um, and Mm. they may have gone off-piste, but let's find out, shall we? Phil, what have you found out? What, What country have you looked at, and what have you found out? I
0: don't know if you know that there is a country that isn't a country, that kind of is a country, but isn't a country. That straddles the border between Moldova and Ukraine. Is it, It's not Transnistria, is it? Yeah, Transnistria. Hey. I want to talk about Transnistria. Ed, you get one point. Ben, thank you. Thanks zero. So much. No points. Never heard it. of it. Ah, so Transnistria, which is officially known as the uh, Pridnostrovian Moldovan Republic, is a very thin, c- or claims to be a country that straddles the border between Moldova and Ukraine, and it's not recognised by anyone except for a couple of breakaway states of Georgia and Armenia. Well, I do recognise it because it's their fellow breakaway states. They have their own national anthem, which is We Sing Glory to Transnistria, which is so Soviet-sounding that it does betray the origin of the nation. It turned up uh, in 1924 as part of the Moldavian Autonomous Soviet Socialist Republic. I love them.
1: They're great. Yeah. they great acronyms all it's, around. It's wonderful, it's, isn't it? Do they yeah. worship
2: the deity Norman
0: Wisdom? <laughs>
1: they, <laughs> they, uh, well, they, they
0: seem to worship um, Lenin, and they remain to this day. If you look in the maps or anything like that, it's extremely Soviety in everything <laughs> including uh if you do get one of their passports it still has a hammer and sickle on it to this day classic that's how that's how they are they're, they're very it's very retro actually and actually I, I don't think they realize when they formed and when they m- most recently formed after the breakup of the soviet union that they are actually quite cool and retro in the year 2022 yeah. when in the, at, back in the day they were just uh current and boring but now they're very cool and retro their capital ed uh, do you know the name of the capital uh, no, I don't. No. I there are, there, are, there are limits to my yeah. bio- wisdom. <laughs> I thought it was bottomless. Transformia. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's called Tiraspol. And if you go into Google Maps and go to Tiraspol, it's a tiny village-like thing. But, of course, the, the best thing is that the second most popular city, just to the um, never-eat-shredded-wheat west of Tiraspol, I still have to do that to this day, is um, a nice little place called Bender, And they speak Russian, Romanian, and Ukrainian it has a currency. It prints its own currency. Ed, you're always talking about that one of the hallmarks of a country is that it has its own currency. Great. Unfortunately, that currency isn't recognised and isn't tradable by anywhere else in the world. Yeah. And also... Is it, they... bit... is it Bitcoin? <laughs> it's it's the paper equivalent of Bitcoin. Oh. And they, um, they don't have a mint. So they got Poland to print it, and Poland were printing it in the Polish mint... But then the rest of the world said, uh, "You can't do that." So Poland said, "All right, it's not a currency; it's a token." Uh. So their currency is now tokens. It's bitnote.
1: Oh, do, do, do the uh, do <laughs> the do the notes say for novelty purposes only? Like, <laughs> exactly, like, yeah.
0: like like fake IDs.
1: It's yeah. Monopoly, basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's a kind of it's a it's bitnote. It's a bitnote. It's a kind of Monopoly money. Uh, so the problem is, is there's there's no way to trade it because at the same time you've got Moldovan currency in. Uh, in Transnistria, then it's kind—it's a little bit pointless. I think they use it for change, mm. and uh, it's sort of like the really... Brixton pound. Yeah, no, I was, was <laughs> which... going to say just like the <laughs> Brixton pound. Yeah, It's like the Brixton pound, but on 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 a country level. Uh, well, uh, well, yeah. well, here's the weird thing about this 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 country that doesn't exist, is that it does make a lot of its own decisions. Sort of, um, it has its own parliament, Scottish style. But yeah, but it's but it doesn't but it doesn't have anything that would identify as a country. But then it does because it has a it has a national anthem it has a flag it has a it has its own currency and the best thing of all is that if you are a citizen of transnistria you can have a passport as i mentioned before that has a hammer and sickle the only problem with the passport what's the one use of a passport
1: to get you out of a country and into yeah, another country.
0: No other country recognises the passport. Oh, yeah. so it's completely redundant. But it looks nice and uh, pretty soon as a member of the UK I'll have a lovely blue passport that will also not be recognised by any other nation on earth. So I'm looking forward to it. But I think it'd be interesting to be um, a member of a, a person in Trans- Transnistria Just because it's a country that isn't a country, isn't recognised as a country, recognises itself as a country, three other countries that aren't countries recognise it as a country. And I think that just makes it a wonderful place to live.
1: I mean, Phil, you, you know, you're saying this, you know, that it's bad that, you know, apparently it's bad that we have got these blue proud Brexit passports, but I'll tell you what, if that Jeremy Corbyn had got into government, we'd have that ruddy transnistrian hammer and sickle passports, yeah, wouldn't we? we'd
0: have red passports. Yeah, exactly. oh, wait, Hang on a minute.
1: Yeah, and also, <laughs> I think you have to bear in mind that maybe just because they've all got Leninist uniforms and a flag and all that stuff mm. sometimes it's not because they're communist anymore it's just that it's a you get to hire a marketing agency to do a whole rebrand it's very expensive so it's just it's just, very, it, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. when you've got the clobber you might as well stick with it you know you've got the gear what's gonna, exactly. what's gonna yeah so could exactly. you could, could one apply to be a Transnistrian so a,
0: unfortunately to be a transnistrian you either have to you have to have been born there oh. or you have to have uh, parents who are born there can you transition there? You can transition there. <laughs> I don't know. And
1: Trans- how do you- no, that's a typo. Tan Transnistria. <laughs> yeah, Transnistria.
0: There. Yeah, yeah. Now
1: the thing is, there is there is <laughs> another a-
0: way to become a member of Transnistria, okay. and it's to do with money. <laughs> oh, so it's investments. Ah, uh, so you can become a member of Transnistria via a certain level of financial investment in the local economy. Nice. Corruption.
1: Woohoo! Is it a low, <laughs> is it a low tax area? Or is it? Is there any reason why, uh, let's say, a uh, an errant billionaire would um, get transnistrian citizenship? I don't.
0: I don't know whether it is a, a low tax area, but I think so, they are very. They're definitely very interested in money coming in. It's below sea <laughs> level for the end of days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. the billionaires <laughs> are like, "Let's go here. Let's go there." The only problem, of course, is that if you do manage to invest and attra- attract yourself as a citizen. You are then awarded a useless citizenship that isn't recognised by anywhere else, uh, except for inside the country itself. I don't know if there's a point, but I, I would. What I would really like more than everything is to have a, a blue passport with a hammer and sickle on it.
1: Yeah, that would be the best of both worlds. Yeah. Best Just, of both worlds, exactly. Yeah.
0: Guys, do you fancy uh, becoming a Transnistrian citizen? Well, um, let's very- see how.
1: Let's see how bad it gets here. Uh, before I make my decision. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: very very little upside, it seems, at the moment.
1: Although, if they're not officially recognised, we could, couldn't we start um, doing some merch, which is basically pr- Transnistrian documents, because they're technically worthless. Yeah. Well, that's worth thinking about. Okay, okay. cool. All right, right. Good. Hey, thanks for that, Phil. That was really interesting. No, right. Countries that don't exist anymore. Ben, uh, what have you got for us? What, What's your uh, research
2: uh, led you to? like you guys it was a sort of a, a standing start and first of all as a dyslexic person it's sort of like the word itself is a, is a weird word right when you look at it it's not citizen it's like sitsen <laughs> it's such a strange one for the brain to take on but um mm. like you my starting point was looking up the definition and seeing that you know a relationship between a, a an individual and the state and i started thinking about well what are the other types of citizenship and how can you get it? So looked it up at, on a family level, on a birth level, marriage level, naturalization, all of those things. And then I looked up investment and I found the term economic citizen, yes. which we've just touched upon. So serendipity already at play here.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I thought, why do people do this? So again, the definition continued and there were five reasons for becoming an economic citizen. First, A was better quality of life b was mobility c was security d education and e financial planning so i started to think well how could i become an economic citizen how could i achieve the dream british virgin islands untold wealth all of these things but you know travel being difficult at the moment i struggled and i was thinking about this until last weekend when as a doting father i was coerced into taking my darling daughter to Topsy Turvy World, (laughs) where for a small economic transaction, effectively making me an economic citizen, I was granted temporary access to a world that for a short time offered better quality of life, mobility, security, education, and financial planning.
1: And a bull pit.
2: Exactly. (laughs) So on the quality of life of Topsy Turvy Land, well, it was close to home, but unfortunately it was also close to Brent Cross. So (laughs) half marks. Mobility, it was a 16-minute drive. Security, there was a buzzer at the door, rather like a prison or a nightclub. In terms of education, (laughs) none. Absolute zero. (laughs) And financially, for an adult to get in there, you have to buy a family ticket. And at £25 for two hours, I worked out that for a day, it would be £200 a day. So I thought about working at Topsy Turvy World. (laughs) But with the minimum wage being £9.50, I realized I would be stuck in a communist state. Unable to leave my shackles of work for the price that my wages would pay, so I thought about this and I began to think of all the other sanctuaries out there that I could decide to move to and live a utopian existence beyond the shackles of the rat race. But I did need to dream bigger, so I set my sights on Peppa Pig World
0: uh, on I the knew South this was coast. coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben, you're about to talk about Peppa Pig World. Indeed, of course, of course, you. As you're, I'm sorry, you're going to point out, you do have a major rival. When it comes to leadership
2: in pepper pig world. Yes. Bozo. Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, 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 this is, this is something I'd forgotten about. So I will take a mark off it when I come to the scores at the end. <laughs> um, but again, reaching pepper pig world on the internet, I decided to again, judge it by the, the criteria set out by an economic citizen. So for quality of life, the pepper Pigland offers unlimited access with a Pepper Pig pass, which includes other things like discounts to food and access to special events. In terms of the mobility, it was an hour and 45, which seemed reasonable. In terms of security, there was lots of information about COVID, but otherwise, no security at all. A libertarian paradise. Mm. Live and let live, they say. And then, in terms of education, well, it would be minimal, much in line with the TV show itself. Some life lessons, but not much more. And financially, For £250 per year, you could get a platinum pig pass. (laughs) When I divided it up by the number of working days in the year, it was £1.62 a day. So if you take out the petrol and therapy I would need, that's pretty reasonable. (laughs) But then I decided I didn't want to be a child anymore. I wanted to be a grown-up. So I recalibrated my focus and decided to look at Chessington World of Adventures just around the London orbital where I discovered quality of life. Again, unlimited passes, but um, this time it was a bit desperate. They had a normal pass, a Merlin pass. They even had a pass calculator, which seemed a bit like gambling. Anyway, it was one hour closer than Pepper Pig World, but it was all the way around the M25, no thanks. So then I looked at security. They have en- enhanced security checks. There are no drink, no drugs, no fireworks, no sharp objects, or anything that could be considered a weapon. This seemed to be a bit too stringent for my liking. Like an 80 In- miles an hour roller coaster. Exactly. In terms of <laughs> education, they have zoo stuff, so I guess that counts. Yeah. But their passes are only £199. But given the quality, I expect it would be like the Zimbabwe and Dolly and be worthless by the time I paid for one. And again, <laughs> divided by the number of working days, only 53p a year. Ooh. But having come this far, I decided that I had more ambition. I have more disposable means. So I went for the big kahuna. I looked at Disney World. Ooh. And Disney World, to my surprise, I discovered that the quality of life would be wonderful, sunshine every day, but unfortunately in Florida. And then I looked at the mobility, a two-day travel. Twice I could go to Trisopol and back twice in that time. <laughs> and then I looked at the security. On the homepage of Disneyland, there is a disclaimer as long as your arm before you get <laughs> to the site of <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Well, it's not our fault if you get maimed. Exactly. <laughs> And in terms of education... By a a, a raving lunatic mouse with a knife. By a mouse and some other creepy animals that have existed (laughs) since the dawn of time. But in terms of education, it would be great. They would have the Epcot Centre, but I knew that I would get there, dick around and go to Star Wars and Marvel and piss about and have to come home. And financially, at £1,500 a day, I calculated it would be a quarter of a million pounds for citizenship, far beyond my budget. Now horrified at how deep down the hole I had come, I decided the only way... go was to dig myself out. So I've scored each of these on the criteria and the results are as follows. Chessington World of Adventures comes in first with 10 points, Peppa Pig World second with 11, Topsy-Turvy World 12, Disney World 14. But on consideration, I would rather live in a free society, i.e. Peppa Pig World, than in a state-controlled hellhole like Chessington World of Adventures. (laughs) (laughs) So I've decided to sell my house and buy a camper van because the Peppa Pig Platinum Pig Pass does offer free parking. Nice. <laughs> Any questions? I hope this has been helpful.
1: I think it's, it's been, been very been helpful. Very helpful um, there.
0: Very helpful. Uh, do you remember we used to go to Chessington World of Adventures?
1: I do remember it very with, well. With Holly and Laura. Yes, we went there. We went on the vampire ride. I think that's Phil, the one, vampire Phil, ride. Phil yeah. was a little bit too young. to. He was a bit petrified of it, but that's yeah, fair back enough. Back in those days, yeah. Uh, and, and not alone, actually, I would checked it out on TripAdvisor and one of the reviews, a guy called Ben, I imagine it might be the same Ben, one star, easily ranks as one of the most disappointing experiences of my life. <laughs> wow. And, and What a life has he had. That's amazing. He said, he said, we joined a queue of people to complain um, but the poor receptionists were getting an earful from several really angry people. So I think he was a bit annoyed that he was. A, That's incredible. He was only mildly angry, and so he was a bit annoyed about the people in front who had the front to be really angry.
0: I want um, to be Ben. I want to be this Ben guy. If if his worst, if the worst day of his entire life is in a theme, a theme park. park on roller coasters. I know. What's if, the
1: rest of his life like? I know. If that's the most disappointment he's ever had. I mean, he you sure he've not had any... Didn't he have any dreams? Didn't he have any, <laughs> any am, ambitions? Didn't he have any, you know, expectate? I mean, uh, he did. He expected a good time at Chessington. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm still an Alton Towers guy. I think you're more likely to get yeah. the, shit, the shit kicked out of you. But uh, I think it's <laughs> it's a it's a cost-benefit analysis. You, you get more rides. Exactly.
2: If you live next door to Chessington World of Adventures, it's cheaper than a Spotify subscription. You could go every day.
1: That is true. I was I was amazed to hear about the, the Peppa Pig Lang being £25 for two hours. No, no, and that's yet... Topsy Turvy World. Topsy Turvy <laughs> World. And yet we get people who are like, oh, I don't know if I can afford £2 for cultures that don't exist anymore. So like, what are you talking about? <laughs> who what is are you this talk- guy? <laughs> don't know if I can afford
0: he's, 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 <laughs> he's, this guy.
1: He's Ben who left the review on TripAdvisor. <laughs> Countries that don't exist anymore. I found one where not only can you apply for citizenship online right now and um, with very minimal check with very minimal checks. Uh, in fact for twenty-four ninety-nine you can get citizenship which involves an identity card. So that's pretty good going so yeah and the principality of sealand is what i'm talking about you can become a lord lady baron or baroness for 29.99 you can become a sir or a dame for 99.99 you can become a count or countess for 199.99 and for only 499.99 you could become a duke or duchess of the principality of sealand
0: how much for the king so I want
1: oh, to know. it's known. Prince is the top uh, level price on application.
0: But, uh, there's always a price. There's always a, if you've got five hundred quid for a duke or a prince, whatever it is, you could be a king for within five grand, surely.
1: Quite- well. The the current prince of Sealand is Prince Michael, so you yeah. might have to talk to him about that. Yeah. Um. He he probably lives in Essex. Um. Let me. <laughs> you know Michael. <laughs> Mickey. <laughs> All right, King Mickey of Sealand. Nice to meet you. Yeah, so let me, let me let uh, me give you the pros and cons of being a citizen of Sealand. Yep. Pro is you get a frame certificate uh, and Great. an aristocratic title, uh, which is useful for when you're posting on Facebook comment sections. Uh, you can win any argument. Um cons is 500 quid seems like a lot to pay for a frame certificate when you can support countries that don't exist anymore for as little as one pound a month and, and get a frame and get a frame certificate. Yes. May, not, may not be framed. But also the other con is it's not actually a country. Sealand is one of five hundred micronations in the world that has founded a country but not really recognized internationally. If you wanted to visit the Principality of Sealand, you would have to go to an abandoned anti-aircraft platform uh, out at sea off the british coast it was built as what was called a monsel fort in uh, the second world war to defend britain against the luftwaffe this place was called Fort Ruff's and was abandoned by the British military in 1956. It then became a pirate radio station, broadcasting ah. illicit rock and roll records. Uh, <laughs> rock and roll, because um, <laughs> that was so. Then it was claimed uh, by an ex-serviceman, Paddy Roy Bates, as it yeah. was out, outside British territorial waters and the Na- the British Navy had abandoned it already. And so in 1967, he announced it was now the Principality of Sealand. There's an interesting few bits of history, given that it's basically just a a platform on on stilts in the middle of some sea. In 1968, a British ship approached Sealand and was fired upon by Paddy Roy Bates and his son. Uh, they They were hauled up in front of a judge, but the judge conceded that charges should be dismissed as the site lay outside British Territory, and <laughs> so Paddy Roy Bates saw this as tacit recognition of the Principality of Sealand, uh, and then it get things get really spicy because there's a few people who come and go, and then in 1978 there was a coup, and Sealand was invaded uh, on a dinghy by some uh, machine gun toting mercenaries, two of them, uh, but so and one of them was the uh, who'd been the prime minister, a German guy who'd been the prime minister of sealand and they got rid of him and so he staged a coup anyway bates gathered up some of his old army buddies and in a daring helicopter raid uh, armed with shotguns he retook uh, sealand one of the invaders uh, the german prime minister who actually uh, owned a sealand passport was declared a traitor and held hostage on the platform So then the German government sent a diplomat to negotiate the man's release, which Bates took as further recognition uh, of (laughs) Sealand's uh, 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 rightful... These countries have got to stop doing these things. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's taking (laughs) everything. And so to this this day, the German guy still claims that he's the rightful ruler of Sealand. Anyway, um, in 2006, a fire broke out and an RAF chopper arrived to evacuate an injured Sealander Presumably, they gave Roy a cup of tea, which he took to uh, <laughs> confirm uh, the principality of Sealand. Who knows? Um, and then, unfortunately, Prince Roy of Sealand passed away in 2012 oh. at the oh. age of uh, at the age of 91. Wow, followed followed by sea. his yeah, exactly, and all those uh, uh, yeah coups—they're good for your health. Keep the ticker ticking. Uh, followed by his wife, Princess Joan, in 2016. But they were followed. By their son, Prince Michael, who's now the head of state. Their motto, they've got all the things, as Phil was saying earlier, they've got all the paraphernalia of a state. Um, They have a motto in Mari Libertas, from the sea, freedom. Uh, They have a flag, national anthem, (laughs) coins, and a passport. Um, It also has its own paper, the Sealand News. Mm -hmm. And... Imagine that it's Like Oh what happened On the deck
0: today oh, Seagull the, the, a Seagull a se- the
1: Seagull strikes again There's shit all over still a problem Yeah rust still a problem uh, Sports Nothing Well no No actually That's where you're wrong There is Because um, they You have... could play a game Of
0: badminton on that platform No Although no. the wind Would carry anything away Wouldn't
1: it No the, the uh, Sealand has Amateur athletes That represent them And in fact They're The National Sealand Football team in <laughs> they won the the world egg throne championship in 2008 um, get in. yeah not not exactly the same sport And where did must... the, where did that competition take place on the platform <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were hosting
2: yeah. I threw it no. further into the sea than you did.
1: I it got was, the record. It was, it was Transnistria versus Sealand in a <laughs> tense final. Yeah, uh, all the
0: nations were suffering from hypothermia.
1: Well, no, there wasn't enough space for the other nations on the platform. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, by the way, and I said that you could actually get yourself uh, uh, um, uh, citizenship, and, uh, and but they've also... Um, as it, because I was Googling this, you know how Facebook starts serving you ads mm. related to your Googling? It did just that. And um, the good people uh, that do Sealand's uh, social media, they posted an ad where you can apply for a passport. As long as you pay a, a fee, of course. And there's some great comments below um, from people, um, from aristocrats of Sealand, asking <laughs> where their passports <laughs> were. Um, uh. So one of them posted the name David Ashley. He said, I'm Lord David Ashley of Sealand and I am interested. Full stop. Very (laughs) interested. And then Eddie Jones. I am a recent Lord of Sealand and would like a Sealand passport. Please share further information. Kind regards, Lord Edward Jones. (laughs) And then uh, Sir Richard E. Franks. He was a bit of a Beatty fellow he yeah. said, have repeatedly asked for details on obtaining my SeaLand passport and still no answer. Please send information forthwith on gaining access to obtain my rightful SeaLand passport respectfully sir richard e franks um so yeah as i said <laughs> it's just these titles are for middle-aged men to make a total tit of themselves on facebook yes. like well, <laughs> by, by just going around demanding people do stuff because well let's they, get in there they paid awesome. a few quid for a thing uh, what's so yeah.
2: what's the uh, the capital of sealand
1: um it's not big enough for a <laughs> yeah seagull splatter yeah who knows that that bit next to the rust
2: the bucket uh, the bucket yeah, the which bu- we piss in yeah exactly
1: now i do
0: have a few questions ed number one mm. is that whilst whilst i've been listening i've had a little uh google myself and mm. i've just seen the size of it what is the population
1: what is the population of sealand
0: it, it can't be more than 10
1: I don't think I it mean, has a. I don't think it's safe enough to have a permanent population. <laughs> I I know for a fact that that the some of the print, some of the princes and princesses, i.e., the uh, the children of the prince of Sealand, they some of them were, have worked in a chip shop and an yeah. estate and estate a, a agents as well. So I'm not sure that we we're quite a a permanent population. Not
2: not okay. not being able to see it on the map. Can I ask how far is it from sort of? land very close yeah like, very very no close. but in yeah. like in
0: meters is it sort of like just
2: off the end of a pier or is it sort of
0: so it's, it's just off the side of felix though okay i can see and um it is two kilometers okay so it's a of it
2: so it's a distance so yeah what i love is that their motto is like from the sea freedom So like, but you can imagine like somebody jump leaping from the edge of the platform, yelling from the sea freedom and then dying in the the cold, harsh climbs of the sea (laughs) next to it. Two kilometers to swim. Yeah. From the sea freedom. Death. Uh, death.
1: No, no. You're like, from the sea, freedom. You're like, save me. (laughs) Yeah. It depends how how you do it. I'm just looking at
0: how you can get there, actually. Uh, So there is no, there's no ferry. You'd have to take a private boat to get there
1: yeah i don't think there's an airport either what was the who's
2: the who's the guy who incessantly is like that's another ratification what's his name
1: uh uh roy um prince roy
2: prince roy yeah. is amazing because it's literally like uh, can i eat like get do you want a cup of tea it's like yes i have a cup of tea one sugar or two two further ratification thank <laughs> yes, you very exactly. much <laughs> yeah you have spoken 10 more words since we last spoke further ratification exactly exactly
0: you just say to him roy you're Principality of Ceylon bullshit. Keep talking, he's talking. Like, you just said that you just said the name of my country twice. They're exactly. ratified. I it. I exactly. also like I
1: like, the, I like the fact his name is Paddy Roy Bates. Um so he goes by Prince Roy rather yeah. than Prince Prince Paddy. He's like, well, Prince Prince Paddy sounds like a bit too common, doesn't it? So I'll go with Prince Roy. Roy. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: I still love it. It's like King King Mickey Prince Roy. King Mickey, yeah. what a what a wonderful place!
1: <laughs> that's bloody interesting, Ed. And uh, yeah. have you become a have you become a citizen? No, not yet. Although I am thinking, I'm I'm toying with the idea. Uh, well, look, I,
2: no, like a hundred quid for a dame, I'd quite happily be Dame Ben for a hundred pounds. Dame Ben?
1: <laughs> no, that's Transnistria, Ben. Transnistria. Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're getting confused. I was thinking maybe I was going to treat my dad to citizenship. Uh, I've been. I mean, Ari, I'm not sure how he would take it. though. I'm not sure if he was I think he'd go, oh, well, that's ridiculous. What a waste of money. And then secretly he'd be like, you're royal white in your mirror. Yeah, <laughs> well, he'd definitely like buy a, I I, a I, I, I think you'd find it. Uh, it brought, his posture would suddenly be a lot more upright when he was suddenly yeah, yeah. Sir Francis... Yeah. The next,
2: exactly, the next time you come there you would open the door and he'd be like, Neil.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Surf's. Yeah. Countries that <laughs> don't, don't exist anymore. Well, uh, after we've talked about all these uh, becoming citizenships of places, lest we not forget, gentlemen, that we are all currently citizens of a little place called the United Kingdom, Great Britain Ooh, and Northern Ireland. I mean, hooray, hooray! Like it or lump it, we are. However... We're citizenships, we are citizens of the United Kingdom by simple fact of being born here. Mm. Um, however, if you do want to become a citizen of the United Kingdom and you are from outside the United Kingdom, there are quite a few hoops you have to jump through to get to that position. One of which is a quiz. <laughs> in the uk quiz now both of you are citizens of the uk so i thought it'd be nice to find out how much do you know about the uk Ooh. So not much i've got uh, i've got a little column here which i'm putting ed on paper and ben because oh. that's how high tech we are a country that not exist anymore let it begin life in the uk okay question number one what is an example of a criminal offense you've got four choices Discrimination in the workplace, selling tobacco to under-18s, owing money or housing disputes. Okay, Ed, what did you go for? Two. Selling tobacco to under-18s. Ben. Same. You are both correct. Yes. as an Woo. example of a criminal offence. <gasps> Woo! Okay, so this is uh, question number two. When was the famous satirical magazine Punch first published? Mm. Was it the 1880s, 1820s? 1840s or
2: 1860s? I'm going to say 1840s. Eighteen forties. Yeah,
0: Ed? I was going to say the same. Ed has said the same. You're both correct. That's another oh. point each. That's two all. Now, uh, if you do want to become a citizenship citizen of the UK, it's apparently important that you know about a now defunct, antiquated satirical magazine. Just want to point that out. Okay, so uh, what percentage of the UK population doesn't follow a religion? Doesn't follow a religion is it? Nineteen percent, twenty-one percent, fourteen percent, or seventeen percent? I'm going to say you... nineteen.
1: Yeah, Ed... I i just to be
0: interesting. I'm going to say twenty-one. So Ed's has got one point. it was twenty-one, Ben. It wasn't nineteen. No. Now, of course, it's very important if you're going to become a citizen of the UK that you know that marginal difference in a percentage of who's follows a religion of course it's important that you know that because everybody knew that obviously
2: i'm sorry you have to go back home now
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you got two percent off in that one question so (laughs) piss off back to your own country uh this is a politics question who appoints the members of the cabinet is it the speaker the monarch the prime minister or the people of the united kingdom appoint Mm. the cabinet yes i'm gonna say prime minister
1: Yeah, I'm going to say Prime Minister too. There's probably some Queen loophole, but I've...
0: Exactly. No, there wasn't. It was a double bluff, and yeah, of course, it is the Prime Minister. Okay, so this is another one that um, I've got no idea. Uh, Maybe you can tell me. Who designed the Dumfries House in Scotland? Was it Robert Adam, Sir Edwin Lutyens, however you say that, Sir Christopher Wren, or Inigo Jones? I'll go, for,
1: I'll go for Inigo Jones. I'm, ben. Gonna, go I'm for,
0: Jones.
1: Ben gonna go for Wren. Ben's going for Wren. You're both wrong, it was actually Robert Adam. Ooh. Robert Adam yeah, That sounded more, sounded more Scottish I should have stuck with that Fair um, anyone who gets these wrong Shouldn't they be deported retroactively And I do also mean British citizens That would be quite good well, I'm thinking that you guys might have to be deported retroactively Exactly. No, no way mate We're onto a winner's it's, here it's blue,
2: blue and red flashing lights outside I'm growing concerned
1: I'm going for a, I'm going for a solid 2-2 here There's no yeah. way you can deport me
0: <laughs> So, when is Vaisakhi celebrated? Is it in March, in May, in June, or April?
1: Vaisaki?
0: What? Vaisaki. How
1: do you well, spell of it? Of course
0: it's in March, dear boy. Why don't you know that? Uh, V-A-I-S-A-K-H-I. March. I'm not even going to tell you what the thing is.
1: I'm going to say April because I've never heard of it. It's the rearing of the spring hen.
0: Uh, it's actually it's a, it's a Sikh festival. Celebrates the founding of the Sikh community. And it celebrates on the 14th of April. Yeah, I knew
1: that. I knew so
0: that. Edward. I didn't get the definitive. So Ooh. today's winner, Edward, you are a citizen. Ben, get the you hell de- out of our country. <laughs> you are deported. You are deported. Yeah. So get out of here. So there is a, there is life in the UK test that asks all sorts of, sometimes obscure questions that I think most citizens of the UK, I, natural I, citizens of the UK I would not believe, be able to answer.
2: I cannot believe the one about percentage of people who are religious. That's literally yeah. like how many grains of rice are in the bag.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you get this wrong, you're going home. They did not even ask about Dellboy Boy falling through the bar or any of our <laughs> exactly. proud
0: achievements. Get. Exactly.
1: What is the greatest?
0: I, it's like, it's so embarrassing. Do you remember when we had the, when we had the Olympics? And we did our opening ceremony. And there's like, there's, okay, fine, whatever. It had to, uh, Brunel, who's French anyway. But it had to, all the the industrializations, that kind of thing. And then there's like a random scene from EastEnders. And it's like, nobody outside of England... Our
2: greatest export.
0: ...knows what EastEnders is. And then they have the theme tune to the Archers. It's like, no one in the whole world <laughs> knows what the Archers or EastEnders are. But the best... thank God, because they're shit anyway, even by our standards. But Why there's... are they featuring. There was that
2: great moment afterwards though when like all the like you say the sort of the Brexit crew were like the best opening ceremony ever. They had the archers <laughs> for goodness sake. <laughs> Everything was there. They yeah, had the archers, they had the extenders, they had the car lot, they had the calf. Yeah it's they like... had a they had a real they had
0: a real L bar in this in this in the stadium. It was amazing. Exactly they had like a, a hundred foot high statue of Del Boy falling through a bar. Exactly. It's like <laughs> woo
2: <laughs> exactly yeah. And as Del Boy falls to light the torch
1: <laughs> Yeah no, he's he's Fire damaged torch. torch Yeah I've got, oh, got, got hooky torches It's <laughs> not lying And to carry the torches Oh no it's only Frank Spencer on roller <laughs> skates Well this is going to go wrong <laughs> Oh it's in seen shopping trolley going downhill It's hilarious
0: <laughs> Countries oh, don't, don't exist anymore. anymore Right do we want to give some kind of homework to the uh, To the listeners or something
1: uh, should we really test their uh, engagement? Is that always? No, I, that... I just
0: I feel maybe we should we should challenge them to become a citizen of Sealand. How many members of countries that don't exist in world can become official members of Sealand? And therefore, can we stage a coup and do our own radio pirate broadcast?
2: Sure, exactly. Surely, if you amassed enough people and they all arrived on shore or on platform uh, and were like, "I am Sir Guy of." Sealand, I am Sir David Sealander. We are here to rightfully
1: claim what is ours. Yeah. Paddy would be like fucking hell I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, for coming on Ben and thank you for your take on citizenship. Um I've definitely learned a lot about the entrance fees to uh, children's <laughs> attractions. Uh brutal, but no, very good uh, very good point about uh, economic citizenship. Uh yeah, thanks Phil as well for uh, for looking into all that strange and weird stuff about how you need to be British. You can get in touch with us if you've got much worse stories of citizenship mm. and the strange learning uh, hoops yeah. you have to jump D- through.
2: Phil's got the answer, so if you if you're applying for the uh test, yeah. Right in. Phil's got all the answers. Yeah. he can send them to you on a piece yeah. of a Cheat sheet.
1: Cheat sheet. Cheat Absolutely. Sheet. And I think uh, the only we'll obviously say uh, join us next time for our next uh, episode of Interregnum. And I think it's fair to say, gentlemen, would you stand as we close on the national anthem of Sealand?
0: Exist anymore. They used to exist but not anymore, now you know what this podcast is for, it's countries that don't exist, Re-